So she started doing the same things that I was doing, drinking, smoking. She started doing drugs and she overdosed in a park one day. She's literally, she's dying. She's having a seizure. She's 17 years old. She's foaming from her mouth. Her friend's holding her in her arms. Her friend's uh, uncle was a pastor. He was a reverend. So they're familiar with Christianity. They're familiar with, with being saved. They really know what it means to be saved, but they're, they're not at the time, right? And so they prayed that day or that night, you know, God, I'll stop doing everything that I'm doing. Give me another chance. I came in the morning to see her. But at that time, when I looked in her eyes, I saw innocence. I saw something that I had never seen before. And I said, God, whatever you did in her life, do it in my life because I'm messed up. I'm only 18 years old, but I, I really didn't care if it was the beginning of my life or the end of my life. I had done so many things in a short amount of time. back everybody to the lighted up podcast episode 231 yeah 231 uh, i'm your host wyatt taylor we have rafael alvarez with us what's up guys and our guest today antonio torres thank you for having me so antonio has been um, a very great family friend a faithful member and disciple of the san jose church here in california for 24 years uh, husband and father and great man of God and we are very excited and privileged to have him on today uh, when we were discussing what we wanted to talk about he wanted to go through his testimony and his main point was everything he learned in life he learned from church so the importance of church and a church life in the body of Christ so we're going to be getting into that asking Antonio questions about that things he's learned and uh, we'll start off with Antonio giving his testimony and going through his testimony and then we can we'll ask questions about discipleship authority and the role of men later on in the episode. So Antonio, um, just go ahead and start. Uh, maybe towards the beginning of your testimony, not too too early, but uh, maybe early days before you got saved. Okay, sounds good. I, uh, father left before I was born. Uh, my mother was a single mom. She um, had two teenage kids at home. She thought she was gonna get uh, rejected by them. And so she was gonna have an abortion with me. So right off the bat, the odds were against me and against my life, I, I guess you could say. And I've been told that many times, uh, even I work for uh, the city of Cupertino, and I've been told that uh, I'm an anomaly. I've been told that I shouldn't be here. And uh, I, it, it really is true, if it wasn't for God, you know, I, I should be a statistic uh, growing up in a broken home. Like I said, my mother, my father was divorced before he met my mother. And then my mother was divorced before she met him. So they were already both divorced. They they never married each other. Growing up in a home with domestic violence, alcohol abuse, drug abuse. Um, my brother ended up being divorced. My sister ended up being divorced. I mean, the cards are all stacking against me, right? And um, growing up, I, I really never thought that I was going to be happy. I, I don't I don't know how many people you've ever heard say that before but I, I really thought that other people lived life and they were happy but just me where i was coming from 
the life that I lived. I thought that that this was all my life was going to be. And um, I was 18 years old. My niece, uh, I my sister married the guy down the street. So she ended up living there. She, she like I said, she was 17 years old when she got married. My brother, my other brother was 16. And um, so she was kind of like my mom in, in a sense where my mom had to work multiple jobs. And I would always hang out at my sister's house with my brother-in-law. They were kind of like second mom and dad. But my nieces and nephews, weird family dynamic, are kind of like my brothers and sisters since we're so close in age. I actually went to high school with my niece for a year. So she started doing the same things that I was doing. <laughs> Drinking, smoking. It sounds kind of funny, but she's a big she's a big girl. So if we were fighting, she was fighting. If we were drinking, she was drinking. If we were smoking, she was everything the guys were doing, she was doing. And I really wow. felt like I could not tell her not to do what I was doing because then I, you know, I, how am I going to tell her not to do it if I'm doing it myself, right? Right. So she, uh, she had a friend, uh, one of her best friends that that we've known since we were kids. Her, her, um, she started doing drugs, and she overdosed in a park one day. She's literally, she's dying. She's having a seizure. She's 17 years old. She's foaming from her mouth. Her friend's holding her in her arms. Her friend's. Uh, uncle was a pastor he was a reverend so they're familiar with christianity they're familiar with with being saved they really know what it means to be saved but they're they're not at the time right and so they prayed that day or that night you know god i'll stop doing everything that i'm doing give me another chance and uh, i can remember it like it was yesterday i got a phone call saying that she had overdosed i was working nights at lucky's i came in the morning to see her and she's gets up out of bed and she's like stumbling and trying to hold herself up she was in the hospital they tubes in her body pumped out all the drugs right and she looked at me and i'm i don't even know how to explain it but something inside of me changed right there she she like i said she was only 17 but she cussed like a sailor she drank she smoked but at that time when i looked in her eyes i saw innocence i saw something that i had never seen before so i didn't know about what happened yet about them praying, but I know something happened, right? So I just start watching her, watching her, and and she's changed. She's she's changing right in front of my wow. eyes. I find out about the prayer. I find out how they both got saved, and so three months go by, and she's a completely different person. And I'm not going to church at this time. Uh, my mom had some, 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 uh, someone that she knew come over and do some Bible studies for us, and I, I wasn't even at a church. I was at home. And I said, God, whatever you did in her life, do it in my life because I'm messed up. I'm only 18 years old, but I, I really didn't care if it was the beginning of my life or the end of my life. I had done so many things in a short amount of time, and I, I had a lot of regret. I really had a lot of regret, self-hatred. And I'm telling you, man, in a, in a moment of time, God reached down and he did a miracle in my life. It was crazy because... Uh, it was like from Friday to Monday, you know, I would see my friends and they would see me yeah. and they would turn around and walk the other way or run the other way because they knew I was going to tell them about God. They knew I was going to tell them what God had done in my life. I mean, I was radically saved. So <clears throat> we were looking for a, a church um, and um, we went to a big church. It, we felt like it was too big. It felt like a small fish in a really big pond. We went to this right. other church. It was a really nice church. And like I tell people, we were in Boys in the Hood, but we were not nice kids. We were not nice kids. And these people here were really nice. And we felt like we stuck out like a sore thumb. And then we got invited to the Potter's house. 
first time we walk up to the church, I'm like, where's the church? There's like a Del Taco. There's a there's a, a rug store. There's a pizza, a round table. There's a barber salon. There's the church. There's a liquor store. It's it's a storefront, right? I'm like, where's the church at? It's right here. I was like, no, man, this is not a church. It's not a church. We walk wow. in. And I see all the nations uh, of the, like all these flags from different nations of the world. And I see the, the altar with the, with the pew. I see the chairs and I said, okay, this is a church. I see scriptures on the wall. And uh, I told my niece, uh, those guys over there are the guys we got in a fight with last Halloween. <laughs> She's like, just relax, just relax. They're, they're, they're changed now, they're different. And that's the thing that I remember about first going to the Potter's house was the people. Uh, it was the people. I, I didn't have anything to offer them. I was a punk kid with bad attitude. I had nothing to give them or offer them, but they still loved me. They still received me. Um, right. And so, you know, my so that's my testimony, how I got saved. The easy things were, which are not easy for some people, but the easy stuff that God helped me with was the smoking, the drinking, the drugs, um, the cussing, like all the outward behaviors. The hard things were, were the things that were deep inside of me. And I think that a lot of people don't understand why they smoke, why they drink, why they do drugs, why they bounce from relationship to relationship. It's because we have these deep wounds inside of us that we're trying to heal or we're trying to cover up or, or trying to numb. Because I, I, you know, I distinctly remember I didn't have a particular drug of choice. It was just anything. It was, it was alcohol. It was weed. It was acid. It was crank. It was... It was chewing tobacco, anything to not feel the way that I felt and to numb the pain that I had inside. And so wow. it was the deep things. It was the deep things that um, that God really helped me with. Like, you know, you've probably heard it before where you're peeling away layers of an onion, just peeling things away, peeling things away. So now I'm 19 years old and I'm in church and uh, that's where I, I got what I wanted to talk about. Everything that I learned, I learned in church. Um, I met my wife in church. Um, I started my family in church. I mean, everything good that has happened to me is because of God and because of church. So everything in your previous life, once you had gotten saved, like the desire for drugs and all that, just completely gone, right? I'm telling you, man, like day and night, completely gone. Just wow. I told my friends, I love you. You're my friends. But I'm not doing this anymore. If you want to see me, I'll be at church. 24 years later, I've never gone back. And I, I, I think, you know, in retrospect, I look back and, and I've actually made amends with a few of them because they felt like I abandoned them. But then I've had a few of them tell me, we, we know that's what you needed. You know, we know that's what you needed. And, and yeah, it seemed like, like you totally abandoned us. But at the same time, we knew that's what you had to do to, to, to make it, right? Because... I wasn't going to make it the way that I was going. It really wasn't. Wow. I, uh, when I first came to church, I had a warrant for my <laughs> I had a warrant for my arrest when I first came to church. Oh, wow. <laughs> that I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about. So <laughs> uh, that got taken care of. That's a, that's another miracle in itself. I don't know if you want me to talk what, about that. Well, what's, well, what, well yeah, what I happened? I got trouble before I, like I said, I got saved when I was 18. So I had gotten into trouble right before I turned 18 and uh, I got pulled over and they told me you have a warrant for your arrest. And so long story short, I'm not going to go into all details, but uh, I was saved now. 
and had been in church for a certain amount of time. So the pastor goes to court with me and he speaks on my behalf and I'm a Christian now. So now I'm coming to the understanding that I need to make things right that happened in the past. And so I looked at the judge and I said, hey, I'm throwing myself at the mercy of the court. I'm guilty. I'm not going to speak on anybody else's behalf, whatever they did, they did. But I did this. I'm guilty. And she looked at me like she had never heard that before. And if I was the same punk kid that I was talking about before, you'd be talking to somebody else today because I, I would have been in a prison. <laughs> I would have been in prison. So she uh, knocked down the felonies and she made a misdemeanor and she kept it in my juvenile record. So at this time, I had never been in trouble before, but my brother had been in and out of the boys ranch. He had been in and out of prison by this time. So I knew enough of lingo and I knew enough to know that that, yes, yes, I'll take that. And no probation. So she knocked down my felonies, gave me six months in county wow. jail with no probation. I mean, this is a miracle of God. That is miracle awesome. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> later on, I don't want to veer off, but later on, I had to have a major kidney surgery right before I got married. And I, I don't know what people think. If they sometimes people think because they become a Christian that all of your past, yeah, your sins are forgiven, right? God remembers them no more, but you still got to make some things right, like the jail thing, and you still have to live life. So I think a lot of people think that be, when they become a Christian, that life's going to be perfect and, and bad things are not going to happen to you anymore. Um, there's a verse in the Bible. Uh, God makes the sun shine and, and it rains on the just and the unjust, which means that God's mercies are are available to everyone. But to me, it also means like life's going to happen to everybody, whether you're a, whether you're saved or whether you're not saved, whether you're righteous or unrighteous. Life happens to everybody. So, uh, yeah, I had to have this major um, major kidney surgery. I lost my job. I was about to get married. It was a really, really trying time in my life. But I had reference points that I could look back. That jail thing was one of them <laughs> where God really yeah. came through me. So I knew. I knew that God had come through for me in that time. Uh, and, and right what was happening to me before, uh, uh, right now, what's happening to me now, was just I could only see a little bit of the picture. But I, I knew that God saw the whole picture. And I believed that God had something better for me. So long story short, I, lost, I had to have major kidney surgery. I lost my job, trying to get married, and um, I just kept the faith. I think a lot of times at this point, people, men, bug out. They give up. Uh, they get. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It was depressing. I'm not gonna lie. When, when a man's not working, you feel worthless, you know. And I, I really had all those feelings, but at the same time, I knew God was in control. And so one door closed, and I guess this is the segue for my professional career because. Uh, another door opened. So people tell me, how did you get into being an inspector? Well, I got sick. And then that 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 draws them in. And then I'm able to tell them my story, how, you know, I, I had to have this major kidney surgery. God closed one door, but he opened up another door. Sometimes the closed door is not a bad thing, right? So that's how I, I got into building inspection, um, getting sick. Man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty that's sweet story, right? And that's how, that's how I actually found out that my wife was a keeper because I was sick at the time. And 
to me, I'm I'm not I'm not a big uh, words person, just because of the, where I came from, right? People say they love you. People say that um, they're gonna be there for you, but they're not. So to me, actions speak louder than words. And I and I just told her, look, you know, I'm sick. I don't have a job. I I don't have any way to provide for you. If you don't want to be with me, I understand. Straight up, I'm gonna put all the cards on the table, and I'm gonna tell you. And you know what? She still wanted to be with me, and she still wanted to to marry me. So that's when I knew right then and there that I had to keep her, man. So all oh, man. of this turmoil and all these bad things going on ended up look look where I'm at now. You know, God, you know, God just did a miracle, right? And then that's how I uh, found my wife, and that she was the she was the one. And then that's how I got into building inspection. So if Amen. you want to know if they're the one, just get really sick and see if they'll stick with you, I guess. I don't recommend that, Because <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really painful. <laughs> but at least That's hilarious. That for me. So, Antonio, um, I got a question. Yeah. So you said you got saved when you were 18. Um, did God just like, what made you stick from going to church and all that because i don't know if you talked about it but you i don't know uh if you've been to church beforehand because i know you said that you've been to like numerous churches what made you stick to the potter's house and like uh, keep yourself grounded throughout that time when you first became a great when you first uh got saved and all that so i grew up in catholic church so going to a christian church is really scary kind of because they're very loud. Catholic churches are just yeah. quiet. You sit down, you stand up, you sit down, you stand up. Uh, 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 right? Yeah, it's like really religious. So the Christian <laughs> church was really different. And then the speaking in tongues was <laughs> was really different too. But um, it was the men. It was the men. It was the people. Uh, I always say, look, if you're going to get into shape, you're not going to go ask somebody sitting on the couch, eating potato chips, drinking soda, who might have all this head knowledge about um, like being a fitness instructor or something. No, I'm going to go ask somebody who's who's physically fit, who's actually doing it. So when I first came to church, I, I can't remember exactly what happened. I was, uh, I, I was discouraged by something. And my niece said, you need to make friends in the church. So I started making friends in the church. And I started to watch the men in the church. And I came to, you know, when you first come, you put these guys on pedestals because they seem like they're perfect. But then you find out that they're just regular men like you are. They're men. They're men like, like you are. And, um, but I started to watch them. And, and not the ones that were on the, I, I, I don't want to be rude, but like not the ones that were on the fringe or not the ones that were in and out. Not the ones that were, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, just you would see them sometimes and you wouldn't see them sometimes. I, I watched the men who were always there. I watched the men who were faithful. I watched the men who were successful, number one, at being a Christian and successful in life, in their marriage, successful in their business, successful in their jobs. And I just started to copy them. So people say, oh, you, you guys dress up and you guys, you know, what's, what's up with, with you guys wearing shirts and ties? Nobody ever told me to wear a shirt and a tie. It's just because I was watching men in church and I wanted to be like them. I wanted to do everything that they did. So I started to wear a shirt. I started to wear a tie. I would go sit next to one of them in the prayer room and I would listen to the way that they prayed. 
I would go with one of them on outreach. I would listen to the way that they talk to people. Uh, I would listen to the way that they talk to their wives. I would listen to the way that they instructed their children or disciplined their children. Or um, So it, not having a, a father in the home, um, when I first came to church, I, I had a I had real I had a lot of trust issues, right? So you're asking what made me stick. I had a lot of trust issues, and I heard one of the evangelists say, "If a if a if a child never sees God in his in his father, he'll never see the father that's in God." And then I yeah. I I found out that God is not like people. Even though I'm talking about people, how people are great examples, and I'm talking about how they help me out so much. People are still people. They're gonna let you down. At the end of the day, even some even a pastor can let you down, right? It doesn't. I mean, even the most important person in your in your world can let you down, uh, but God never lets you down, right? And ultimately, God is in control, uh, uh, and then God loves me no matter what. Uh, I I really had to, I really struggled, and I really had to come to the understanding that I didn't have to earn God's love. I didn't have to earn his his. Uh, I didn't have to earn anything. You know, the Catholic background that I came from is you 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 have to do good you have to do good you have to do good and at the end of the day you're wondering if you did enough that's that's like a sad that's like a sorry way to live man you know and then um i came to realize that i didn't have to earn anything from god you know he had given me this free gift um so coming to that realization and then the people the people in church and watching them that that's what that's what made me stick and and uh, abandoning my old life <laughs> like i told you i told my friends I love you, but you're not going to see me anymore. And uh, one of the, I don't know if it was a pastor at the time or one of the brothers, he said, the best, the best ability a man can have is availability. Just make yourself available. And every time these doors are open and the church come, and it didn't matter, it didn't matter what they were doing, prayer, outreach, cleaning, I mean, anything. Anytime there was something at church, I went. And that those are some of the key things that really helped me to um stick and, and making friends like I, I know i opened it up with that but just just making some friends in the church those are the things that helped me to stick um, no that was a long answer yeah last I amazing answer that was an amazing answer man answered all the questions so, the questions that pop out from that answer <laughs> <laughs> so last week with uh ethan garza we were talking about uh, the way we live and how that makes impact on other souls. And hearing, uh, this is a perfect segue if people are watching these episodes in chronological order because you are, it's a perfect example of how the way we live really makes an impact on oh, yeah. what other people think. And obviously, these faithful members, uh, these faithful men in the church obviously had huge impact on your life and, and where you are at now and what you learned. And so just really cool because last week we were talking about how our lives are an example, how the way we live are a true, true example. Uh, and really like check how we live, check how nice. we process things because you don't know who's watching and the impact you can have right. on somebody else's life. So it's cool to, that we had that literally last week and then you have this amazing testimony of what God did in your life through these men that were simply being faithful and doing what, you know, what they needed to do. Uh, with, with that, I, I, I always say that, um, 
I don't, I don't go to church or I'm not saved because of, of people. Uh, God ultimately saved me. Right. And, and, and I go to church because I know that's what God wants me to do. But there's, there's been many difficult times where I felt like giving up, but then, but then I also remember that people are watching me and, and people are counting on, people are counting on me. Um, and I, I, I think that has to do, you know, go along with what the lines of what you were just talking about with the exampleship. It's not just you that you're affecting when you, when you live for God, making good decisions and right decisions. And when you make bad decisions and when you don't live for God, it, it affects more. It, it's not only affecting you, it's affecting everybody else. Raphael. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, it's, it's, it's an amazing topic right here. What we're speaking of right now is I was about to say you, you are the first person I ever heard to say that they're saved nowadays now because of what, people they they, they watched because that's one of the things my pastor would preach to me or disciple me with is people are always watching you know they're gonna watch your every move when they first come into the church and it's it's kind of like how do i word this it's encouraging to see the the effect that my personal life just me trying to live for god trying to uh not just be it's personal me talking right now uh, and I can affect someone's life by just me being a man of God, just going to church and all that. But is also another uh, a burden for that. To let's say if I'm doing not doing so well, I'm gonna feel that burden of uh, not like showing that light. But what I'm trying to, what I wanted to say, I know it's a burden, but it's not something that we're not we're called to carry. Because at the end of the day, people's salvation is gonna be on themselves we could play a part into it and be a light, like showing them and all that. I wanted to preach for, I feel like God's telling me that it's not just on our own. God's going to move in people's lives point blank with you being that light or not. I'm going to be completely honest with you there. I felt like giving up before and I felt like leaving the church and this, and at least at one time was the only reason why it didn't because I knew that I had unsaved family members who were watching me and wanting to see if what I had was real. And I, I had people in the church who counted on me. And, and at least one time, I'm going to tell you, that's why I didn't give up. And that's why I didn't leave because I couldn't let those people down. I couldn't. So, you know, this is going to be an awesome episode when your pastor preaches literally last night on making decisions in your life. Oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, y'all too. You too. <laughs> Last night he uh, he talked he uh, book of Ruth, how Ruth stayed with her mom, and those big decisions in your life that have amazing impact. Wow, this is gonna be a great episode. I'm telling you, it's hilarious, bro. So my pastor's been preaching a, a, a like a sermon series, right? And today he missed an episode, like a uh, like uh, from Galatians. And like today's like uh, yeah yesterday was uh, uh it was about what was it crap I forget. it was basically about what we're talking now and wow. like <laughs> hilarious. Anyway, I have, I, have, um, I have some decision stories if you want to hear them. <laughs> From what I learned in church too is not you know you always want to be you always want to pray about something before you do it. You always want to inquire. Um, your, your headship or your or your 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 leadership uh 
close friends that you have. Um, so I, I just one for example was uh, my grandmother had passed and she had a home in Sacramento. And I got a call from one of my family members who said, hey, we'll let you live here in Sacramento uh, rent free. All you have to pay is the, the property taxes, which was basically nothing. So, I mean, living in the Bay Area, it, it's expensive here, right? And uh, I had just started the family. So it was it was a lot going on. Sounds great, right? So, but, you know, but I go to church here. My, my whole life's here. So I, I prayed about it. Uh, and I didn't really feel peace. peace I didn't really feel the peace of God about it. And so right then and there, there's a lesson right there. If, if, if you're praying about something, you don't feel the peace of God about it. You don't have to pray anymore. You don't have to ask anybody. You don't have to. But, you know, I, so I, I did. I talked to my pastor about it and um, I appreciate him just saying, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do or control your life. This is really something you need to pray about. He laid some things out. And ultimately, I didn't feel the peace of I didn't feel the peace of God about it, so I, I passed up on it. And uh, you know, I I think that uh, I don't know if God ever God ever feels like I told you so, or like He wants to say I told you so. But I got one of those moments because my one of my other families ended up moving in there and got totally taken advantage of. And when that person had lived there for a short amount of time, had gotten all settled in, they they basically took the house back. And that person got stuck high and dry. Well, that would have been me if I didn't pray about it. If I didn't seek counsel, um, yeah, that would have been me. So that was just one of those decision-making stories. Wow. Yeah, that's hilarious. I don't got kind of awesome. I just want to add. Awesome. It sounded it like it sounded too good to be true. That's the decision. Oh, I mean, the, the topper was that there's a church there in Sacramento, right? You yeah. Right. There. You can be still part of the fellowship. I mean, that, that was the topper. That was like the one that was really pulling me and compelling me. But ultimately, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel God was telling me to do it. I didn't feel the peace of God. I didn't feel the Holy Spirit. I didn't feel it. And thank God I didn't listen and I didn't do what I wanted to do because it was to the flesh. So appealing, right? I would have been on easy street. It seemed like, but ultimately, no, it wasn't. Okay. Thank you guys. That's going to be it for today. Make sure you tune in to next week because there will be part two with Antonio Saturday, 8 a.m. PST. Make sure you follow us, subscribe. So you do not miss that notification. Follow us on Spotify, Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you check out our website, check out our merch, all of that. Check it out. See you next time. He is um, a father, a husband, and a great man of God. So today, what we're going to be talking about, what he wanted to talk about, and then we'll go from there. I'll get you that money later, too, for the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, um, last week, oh, uh, you. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Okay. Okay. I'll go in there. You go. You go. I'll go after. Yeah. Okay.